Ladies and gentlemen, The Shadow's latest adventure starts in just a moment. Right now, here's a short safety reminder. Next week, next month, may be too late to replace smooth, unsafe tires with new Goodrich Safety Silvertown. What if your tires suddenly lose their grip and skid wildly over a wet highway? What if a heat blister forms inside of your tire and bang, without warning, a high-speed blowout throws your car out of control? The sooner you equip with new Goodrich Silvertowns, the safer your family will be. I'll guarantee you'll never know what the word stop really means until you've felt the non-skid grip of the amazing lifesaver tread on a wet road. Yes, and you'll never know what real freedom from blowout worries is until you've discovered the peace of mind that comes from riding on the only tires built with the famous Golden Fly. Treat your family to two-way protection against skids, and blowouts at no extra cost. For safety's sake, ride on Goodrich Safety Silvertown. The Shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Cranston is known to the underworld as the Shadow. Never seen, only heard, his true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, Professor X. Yeah, yeah. 3,000 volts on the plate. 6,000 volts on the fourth amplifier. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, now I send a little more current through the millimeter, and we see what... Ugh, knocking, knocking. Why do people bother me all the time? Oh, yeah, 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 I come. Oh, bothering a man. How can I get my work done? Well, well, what is it? What are you... Uh, hiya, Professor. Oh, oh Mr. Martin, I, I did not know it was you. Yeah, that's what I figured. 
American ladies usually, Professor. Well, yeah, there's so much to do and so little time in which to jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Martin, you you didn't come over to take everything away from me. Yeah, I sunk a lot of money in this laboratory, Professor. But, but, but please, please, a little more time. Ah, take it easy, Professor. All I came over here was for, to see how far you've cut with your work. Now, why don't you show me? Well, yeah, 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 sure, sure. I, I show you. Over, over here, please. Okay. Now, now you see, under this cathode tube, I, I have a large container. I open the lid. Watch. It's a cat, so what? Wait, wait I, I, I close the lid. Now, now watch. Watch close. Now, 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 watch, watch close, Mr. Martin. Watch close. Ah, yeah, yeah. You, you see, I have done it. Done what? You throw a switch, a lot of sparks fly, a bang like a firecracker. So what? Yeah, but look, look in the box. Okay. The cat. Why, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is gone. Disintegration. Complete disintegration. You mean that cat is gone into thin air? Yeah, yeah. The rays of the tube cause tremendous electronic activity in the living body placed beneath it. With the result that when the potential reaches a high enough peak, the body disintegrates completely. Never mind the, the scientific stuff. What I want to know is why didn't you tell me about this before? I put up the dough for this place on a crack-brained idea so no one else would listen to. Now you got put it over and you didn't want to tell me about it. What's the idea? Oh, yeah, but, but, but you, you don't understand. My, my work is not done. I saw it with my own yeah, eyes. Yeah, but that is only half of it. Reintegration. The assembly of the body at another point. That is yet undone. Talk English. When my work is complete, I will be able to disintegrate living flesh so that it can be sent across space by wires, like, like messages are now sent. You hear me, Mr. Martin? Living flesh by wire. Eh, what good will that be? Why, it, it will change the world. Human beings will be able to travel from one place to other as quickly as radio waves now travel. Oh, I tell you, Mr. Martin, only a few months more work and I will be You'll able be to... You'll be able to do nothing. Well, wh wh what do you mean? Your work is through. Your... Yeah, no, no, my work done, finished. No, no, but my experiments have only begun. And I say they're finished. Well, what do you... Why do you say that, Mr. Martin? You you mean you, you don't give me any more money? When I first heard about your idea, I said to myself, okay, fella, maybe he's a crackpot and maybe he ain't. But it's worth putting up a little dough. Well, now you've done your work, so finish. Yeah, but, but, but I, I say again, I am not to... And I say, uh... It's true, ain't it, that if I was to put a man in that box, pull them controls, bang, and he'd be gone just like that? Yeah, 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 but the cattle tube expands itself each time the disintegration takes place. You mean you have to put in a new tube every time? Yeah, yeah. Well, put in another one right now. Oh, but alas, I cannot. That was the last one I have here. I have used them all experimenting. Where'd you get them from? A new consignment is coming tomorrow. I placed a permanent order with the company who makes them. Tomorrow, eh? Yes, Okay. So you've done what I wanted you to, eh? <laughs> I've got a couple of people I don't like. <gasps> yeah, and I'll put them in there. The box is plenty big enough. 
shooting at juice and well no body no murder no evidence how do you like that professor oh no 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 but you 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 cannot do that i i have discovered this for the good of man i i will tell the police so long professor i told you you were finished now the machine belongs to me I'm the only one who knows about it. <laughs> and I'll have no trouble getting hold of the new tubes to make it work. What a strange sort of road this is, Lamont. Mm -hmm. It's leading us to a very strange man, Margot. What do you mean? Well, Professor Kramer isn't exactly a simple character. The man's been on the faculty of some of the greatest universities in the county. Great inventive mind, yet he's... A man whom very few people know about. But why go all the way out here to this place to visit him? Congratulations. Why congratulations? Because in spite of the fact that you're a woman, you've controlled your curiosity for exactly one hour and 15 minutes of driving. <laughs> all right. Make fun of me. But I do want to know. Why come out here? Professor Kramer is one of my instructors in school. For some reason, he, well, he took a sort of liking to me, and I haven't heard from him for some time. In fact, I haven't even known where he's been. You see... He left the university some time ago and has been conducting some private experiments, something to do with cathode tubes. Whatever they are. Well, to make it simple, call them X-ray tubes. At any rate, I haven't heard from Professor Kramer until, until yesterday. And then? Then I got a rather mysterious note telling me that he had something very important to show me, something that no one else in the world had ever seen. Well? So here we are, on our way. Something that no one else in the world has ever seen? Now, you are interested, aren't you? Oh, I should hope so. It's so late. How, how much further do we have to go? I understand he lives in the house right at the top of this hill we're climbing. Something that no one else in the world has ever seen. Intriguing, isn't it? Well, here we are at the top, but I don't see any house. If this is a wild goose chase... Oh, no, Lamont, look. Look through the trees. Yes, you're right. This is a house. What a weird-looking place to live, miles away from town. Of course, I never like company. Well, let's go see what's up. All right. Trees are awfully thick, aren't they? Fire. Come on, take my arm. Almost dark. I can hardly Keep see Keep hold of me. Come along. Oh, look at this path. No one's been to visit the professor since last fall. Lamont, how strange. What? It's dark, and yet there are no lights in the house. I noticed that. Could it be the wrong address? Let us said the house on top of the hill. It looks so deserted. Well, we'll find out quickly enough whether I made a mistake. Here, up these stairs. Somehow this place gives me the shivers. Well, after all, Margot, I didn't say I was taking you to a haunted house. Well, it must be the wrong house, Lamont. Look. No, no, you look. Card under the bell, Alfred Kramer. Then it is the right place. Certainly. Find a bell button. No. There's a bell pull. He'd open the door. It's cold out must here. Must be asleep. I'll try again. Not a sound from in there. Strange, you should be asleep so early. I'll try knocking. Lamont, the door's open. Listen all the time. Come on. Wait for me, Lamont. Professor? Professor Kramer? It's dark. Professor Kramer, are you here? Lamont Cranston. He only had some light. Yeah, good. Yeah, that does it. Now we'll see. Lamont. What? Well, Lamont, what's happened here? Everything's torn up. Professor Kramer! Professor Kramer, are you here? Professor Kramer! Lamont, is he there? No. The bedroom's empty. Everything undisturbed. Everything in this room's ripped apart. What happened here? Look at the wall over there. What? Those wires torn loose. Look as if someone ripped some equipment out. Yes, that's true, but why should the professor have left so suddenly? Professor Kramer never did anything suddenly in his life. I just don't get this. He isn't here, though. We were going away... Why should he have asked me to come out here tonight? No, he just decided to leave, that's all. You said yourself hmm. he was an eccentric old man. Come on, Lamont, let, let's get out of here. No, wait. What is it? The wall. Look. What is it, Lamont? Over here. See? Blue plaster, wet. 
Wet plastic? Yes. You see, Margot, this whole section here has been replastered within the last few hours. What does that mean? I'm going to find out what it means. Lamar, what are you going to do with that? Stand aside, Margot. I'm going to find out why this wall was replastered. Lamont, you shouldn't. Damaging the wall, Professor Craig. Margo, look out. Oh. You brought this breaking back to the original wall. Oh. oh! A man fell out of the wall. Professor Kramer. It's Professor Kramer. Oh. Look! Look, that bullet hole. He's been murdered. Oh, but who? His what? equipment, his experiments. Oh. Don't you understand? Whatever it is, he wanted me to come up here tonight and see. Someone murdered him and stole that equipment. How horrible. Uh, a poor old man who spent his entire life devising things to help humanity. And for that, he gets this, a, a bullet through his head and a plaster wall for a grave. Well, Professor Kramer, I promise you this. Whoever did this to you... We'll meet the shadow. Ladies and gentlemen, before we again join the shadow, let me ask you this question. If you're trying to squeeze the last few miles out of your tires, if you're driving around on smooth, worn tires, do you know what a chance you're taking? The shadow knows. It doesn't pay to gamble on tires. Thousands are killed or injured every year. When skids throw cars out of control. Yes, motorists. And before you experience that sickening pit-of-the-stomach feeling, equip your car with the new Goodrich Silvertown tire. Then you will have the greatest skid protection ever offered. The skid protection of the lifesaver tread. And if you're wondering how the new Goodrich Silvertown stacks up against other tires, listen to this. The engineers of America's largest independent testing laboratory tested the regular and premium-priced tires of America's six largest tire manufacturers with these results. The new Goodrich Silvertown with Lifesaver Tread gave greater skid resistance than any other tire tested regardless of price. It also gave greater non-skid mileage than any other tire tested in its own price range. It averaged 19.1% more miles before the tires wore smooth. And that's the same as saying you'll get every sixth mile free. Right now is the time to replace any smooth, dangerous tires on your car with Goodrich, spelled G-O-O-D-R-I-C-H. Goodrich Safety Silvertown, the safest thing on wheels. There is no extra cost. Come on. I thought you told me you were an electrician. Sure, sure I am, Mr. Martin, but gosh, I never connected up a rigmarole like this one. Listen, fella. You said yourself it was a simple job to connect this apparatus up following the diagrams in that notebook. Well, sure, Mr. Martin, but I got it almost done in just a couple more wires. Well, but... get going. Oh, sure. Say, sure is a funny setup, like an x-ray machine and Yes, it isn't exactly like any X-ray setup I ever saw. Hurry up, hurry up. Sure, Mr. Martin. This wire, yes, and this wire. 
There you are. Got it connected up just like it says in those diagrams. Say, uh, who is this Kramer fellow who's got his name signed on all the pages of the notebook, Mr. Martin? Uh, is he the fellow who built this? Uh... All connected up, eh? Yeah, sure. Just, just like it says right here. And the new cathode tube has been put in? Oh, yeah, and the power's ready to be turned on. You're going to tell me now, aren't you? Yeah. I'll let the machine itself tell you. Well, what do you mean? It's... Oh. Gun, well... What, You've what? been asking a lot of questions, fella. Yeah, well, what are you pointing the gun at me for? Open a little of that box by the machine. Well, why? What are you going to do? Open it. Okay. I don't know what you intend doing, but... Cut the talk and open the box. There. It's open now. Now, get in there and lie down. In the box? Yeah. I ain't done nothing, Mr. Hey, Martin. Want I want you to get in that box. Now, lie down. Yeah, but, Mr. You but want me to drill you with a bullet? That'll make you lie down fast enough. Oh, no, I, I'll do it. But don't shoot. Now. Just, just don't. Don't shut me in the box. I, I ain't done nothing. Mr. Martin. Hey, let me out of here. I can't breathe. Let me out of here, Mr. Martin. Now we'll see if Mr. the machine Martin. works or not. Let me out of here, Mr. Martin. I throw this switch. Mr. Martin, that part of it's all right. You won't kick and yell much longer after this switch is closed. So, maybe it does work. I'll know as soon as I open the box. It works. There's nothing left of them. The box is empty. All right, Margo, this is as far as we ride. We'll uh, walk the rest of the way. Whatever you say, Lamont. Let's go. I don't understand why you came all the way out here, Lamont. What could these farms out here possibly have to do with the murder of Professor Kramer? Well, the man who murdered the old man didn't think it possible that anyone would call on Kramer before that plaster wall dried up. Yeah, walk down this road. But what was your finding the professor got to do with this trip, Lamont? Not expecting anybody to dig behind that plaster wall. The murder didn't go through the professor's pockets. And in one of those pockets, I found a letter. A letter signed Joe Martin. Martin? Who's he? I checked carefully on Mr. Martin's career, and I find he's a rather strange individual to be having dealings with a man of Professor Kramer's caliber. What do you mean? Martin is a man who made a great deal of money during Prohibition days. And a great number of enemies. Police suspect him of at least half a dozen murders, but there's... Never been any tangible evidence against him. Though many of his bootlegger friends were gunning after him shortly before Prohibition ended, he left the country. Turned just a short while ago and has been living in seclusion. Why he should have been furnishing money to the professor, as the letter indicated, is something the shadow wants to know. And Martin lives out here? Right. This farm right ahead. Well, look at that fence. A barbed wire fence all around the place. Don't bother with the gate. Come on. Look through these strands of wires and sort of surprise our host, Mr. Martin. Well, tear my dress. No, I'll hold the wires apart and you can slip through. Here. Oh, Lamont! What? Oh. No. Oh, come here. The wires are charged. Lamont, burning your hand. Can't you get loose? No, no. The high voltage has paralyzed my muscles. Get a stick. Get a stick. Try to... What are you doing? There's someone coming. Martin. You mustn't see me. 
Hey, where are you, you? Get away, Margo. You've got to get away. Oh, I'll get you, Luke. No, no, get clear of me. Don't touch me. Uh, 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 Margo, you all right? I'm, I'm all right. You took a, a whole fourth of the voltage through your own body in order to pull me loose. Margo, you're the, you're the brain. Stay where you are, woman. Stay where you are and shoot. I'm not running away. Would you pull off the wire? Wire? Don't stall. I saw you pull somebody loose. Where is he? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, don't give me that. Something short-circuited the wire. I got the alarm at the house and I ran out just in time to see you pull someone off. Now, who is it? Where is he? You see, I'm quite alone. Oh, so you're sure about that, are you, sister? Of course. Okay. That's well. If there's no one with you, you can come along with me. Come, come along where? In the house. <laughs> I need a sort of a guinea pig. A guinea pig? Yeah, a human one. For an experiment. <laughs> Works okay, don't it? What is it? Not scared much, are you? Why, why should I be frightened? <laughs> yeah. You're a funny one, all right. You're alone, there's no question about that. I found your car where you parked it, and nobody else in it. I don't know. Sure can't figure it out. I thought I saw a man on the wire. Tell me why I should be frightened. Well, why not, sister? I don't look like a boy scout now, do I? And this room full of electrical stuff, it don't look like a soda fountain now, does it? Still see no reason to be frightened. No? <laughs> well, something tells me that before you're ten minutes older... Yeah, you know what you're going to be doing? What? You're going to be screaming your head off. Because you're going to be more scared than any dame's been scared in all her life. Do you always talk in riddles? <laughs> Come on. Take a look at this box. Come on, take a look, I tell you. What's in it? Interested, ain't you? Take a look. Why, it's empty. Yeah, but not for long. You see, you're going to be in it. I? Yeah. You remember what I said? A guinea pig? <laughs> yeah, a pretty one, too. What are you talking about? Why should I get in that box? Kind of stalling, ain't you? Hey, who are you expecting? The Marines? The boyfriend on a white horse? You've got to tell me what this is all about. Sure, I'll tell you why not. It's your one-way ticket to hell. The same ticket I'm going to issue to a lot of my pals. You mean kill me and and others? Yeah. The old professor figured out a sure way to get rid of the rats you don't like. And a way no cop living or dead could figure out. You put them in a box, you pull a switch, and finish. No body, no nothing. <laughs> neat, eh? Too neat, Joe Martin. Hey, who's talking? A voice that should have talked to you a long time ago. Come on out wherever you are. Come on out and I'll let you have it. How can you send a bullet through something you can't see, Joe Martin? A voice? Why, it's right close to me. Hey, who are you? Call me the Shadow. Uh, the Shadow? From your face, I see you've heard the name. I heard it, yeah, sure. The voice that comes out of nowhere. But it can't be. Voices don't talk out of air. It's a trick. I will, men, not to see me. You, woman. That's why you weren't afraid. Expecting him, eh? And now he's here. But he won't get me. Get in there. Uh, uh, Margo! Uh, Are you rat throwing her in there? No. 
I've got my hand on the electric switch. The minute you touch me or try to let her out of the box, I'll throw the switch and she'll be dead. And neither you or the devil will be able to get her back. Margo, it's all right, Margo. Yeah, it's all right as long as you don't touch me or touch that box. <laughs> so you're the great shadow that's got all the smart boys worried, eh? <laughs> well, what are you going to do about this? Don't pull that switch. Now, why shouldn't I? I paid that old boy Kramer plenty for this chance. You murdered him. Oh, you know about that too, do you? Well, maybe that makes me all the more anxious to throw the switch and get rid of your dame. What do you want? Oh, you're ready to make a deal, are you? Well, that's smart. What do you want? First, I want what no one else has ever been able to ask. What's that? Speak up. I want to see you. See me? Yeah, see you. See you in flesh and blood. Nobody's kidding me. You're not just a voice coming out of here. You've got a head and a body and legs and arms. And I want to see them. No one... No one had ever seen me. Lamont, help me! No help! Oh, Lamont, hey? <laughs> well, fella, you heard what she was yelling. No air. Are you going to let me see who you are? <laughs> so maybe I can send a slug through you? Oh, not talking, eh? <laughs> Don't like the idea of me getting the best of you, eh? All right, fella. I'm giving you the counter three to make up your mind. At three, I throw the switch, and so help me, there won't be enough left of that dame to put in a matchbox. One. Two. Do I get to see your shadow? Okay, then, here she goes. Three. Come on, come on! Come on, Margaret. It's all right. Lamont, are you all right? Let me help you out of here. Uh, Stay on. Oh, that horrible sound. I no, no, you... no. I'm, I'm all right. But, Martin, where... Look on the floor below the switchboard. Oh. Not a pretty sight, is it? Oh, his face. The what? electricity burned him as crisply as if he had sat in the electric chair. Don't look at him anymore, dear. But, but how did it happen? He was looking around, trying to see me. His hand reached out to the switch. Instead of touching the insulated handle, his fingers... Closed on the metal. Oh, but Lamont, why did you let him? Why well, did you let him put me? Well, finish your sentence. You mean why did I let him throw the switch? Well, because it wouldn't have hurt you anyway. Why not? While he was busy threatening me, I, I disconnected the wires leading to the cathode tube. Oh. Risking your life would have oh. been too high a price, Margot, even to catch a rat of Martin's sort. The rat caught himself in his own trap. Yes. Yes, his own trap. The penalty for murder in this state is to die by electricity. Well, we can close the books on Joe Martin. The law has taken its course. <laughs> have been listening to a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow Magazine, now on sale at your local newsstand. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. <laughs> 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 
the shadow knows. <laughs> All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. I'm still both amazed and profoundly grateful that Denny and I survived its dangers. I'm grateful, too, that more than one Axis submarine will no longer... However, that's a part of our story. A story which begins late on an overcast night in a certain East Coast harbor. One of the largest of the vessels anchor there, an oil tanker. The watchman pauses suddenly to listen. His attention caught by an unaccustomed sound. I wouldn't take it there. Hey, who's making that foundation noise? What's going on out there? All right. All right, speak up. Who's there? Shut up, Joe. What? Keep your trap shut, mister. Say, who are you? How'd you get aboard? What's going on around here? I'll ask the questions, Joe. My name ain't Joe. It is to me. Want to earn some cash? Hmm. Oh. Why, easy, Joe, easy. If anybody asks you about tonight, why, just make out like you didn't hear nothing and you didn't see nothing. Get it? You're up to something crooked. Then you ain't interested, No, I ain't. Yeah, you go and get out of here now. Go on. Get out before I call the cops. Okay, Joe. Don't make no difference to me. Penny saves, a penny earns. Hey, what? <laughs> like it better that way, Joe? Bless you, Captain Drummond, sir. Heaven bless you. I know you'd help me. Yes, I will, Mrs. Regan. I will. I give you my word. Come on, with the magic. Yes, you. And quite properly, too. Did it unfriendly if you hadn't. But, uh, Mrs. Regan. Yes, sir. What makes you think I can do more than the police? 
You say they found your husband in the alley behind, uh, what was the name of that tavern? The Blue Pelican, sir. Tis near the docks in a horrible place it is, sir. Mm. Well, this sounds like it. And that was when? Oh, most of it ago now, sir. And they claim it must have happened in some kind of a fight. Claim my tin must have been drunk. So they smelled of liquor, something terrible. Tim smelled of liquor? I don't believe it. Oh, that's just it. Tim never drank a drop in his life, sir. I, I told the police. If the odor of whiskey was found on Tim, either he'd been forced to swallow it before his murder, or it was sprinkled on his clothing afterwards. His murderer had a reason for it. Mrs. Regan, will you go home now and believe that Tim's murderer will be found? I know he'll be, Captain Drummond, if you say it, sir. Yes, I have your address. You'll hear it from me the moment I've news. Goodbye, sir. I don't know how to thank you. And why should you? Goodbye. Goodbye, sir. Tony. Yes, sir. Get our things, will you? We're paying a visit to the docks. Not a particle, sir, isn't you, sir? Nothing. Odd, isn't it? You think someone would have seen poor Regan leave his ship that night? You inquired of everyone I suggested? Everyone, sir. Surely Demi, a watchman leaving an oil tank of that size would have been observed by someone. The fact that he wasn't seems to indicate that his means of departure must have been rather extra. With this fellow coming along the hall. Most unpleasant-looking chap, sir. Yes, isn't he? Evening. Oh, good evening. I seen you guys around. Oh, yes? Private cops? Well, uh, well, no, not exactly. Why? I heard you asking questions about Tim Regan, a watchman. So you maybe his old lady hired you. No, Tim was our friend. Oh, I get it, Joe. Joe? Oh, <laughs> that's nothing. Just the way you're calling the guy. Yes? And so? Well, I seen Regan that night. I thought maybe you'd like to know. I seen him leaving the ship. Really? Yeah. Only that guy was cockeyed. South. Walking on rubber legs. I was passing, see? And he yelled, didn't I want to go with him and get a drink? I told him to go soak his head. And then? Well, he got his drink, I guess. I didn't pay no attention. I just figured you'd like to know. Yes. Yes, indeed. Your information is of great value. Probably of more value than you realize. I'll be seeing you. Huh? Oh, oh, yes. Yes, I'm sure you will. Danny. Yes, Captain Dunn, sir. That fellow said he saw Tim Regan drunk. He lied. If he lied, he undoubtedly had good cause. We're going to follow him. Oh, but, sir... Wait, what? You go around the corner of the shed? Why? Why, yes, I believe he did, sir. Listen. Hear anything? Nothing, sir. Nor do I. Like the dog that didn't bark in the night, that's very strange. If he kept on, we should still hear his footsteps. I wonder... Oh, don't get too close to the edge of the dock, sir. Danny, I think... Oh, Captain Drummond's here! Captain! Captain Drummond, sir! Where are you? Where are you, sir? Officer, 
my stay officer. Ah, uh, it's uh, you. Have you, have you... No. I'm sorry, fellow. Got some of the boys up with the captain hooks and there's others still searching under the piers. But so far, there hasn't been a sign of them. Oh, this is horrible. You didn't see him again after the shots were fired, huh? After you fell in? Oh, no, not even for a moment, uh, sir. It was, it was precisely as if he'd vanished into thin air, uh-huh. sir. Well, what first happened, he must have got sucked under the pines, and by now, with the tide going out for the last hour, the commissioner himself couldn't tell you how to look. But don't you worry. We'll find the body for you someplace. Oh, did, did you say the body? That's what I said. If you want his ghost, you'll have to see someone higher up than me. Hey, here, bro. Get back here out of the light, you huh? fathead, or I'll kick them gold teeth down your throat. Ah, uh, bro, cut it out. Yeah, well, I don't like it much right now. Look, huh? there by that crowd. That the guy was with a dummy I knocked off? Yeah, that's him. Okay. Back to the boat. How long are you going to take? How should I know? Go on. Get going before I slap you around a little just to keep a figure down. Hiya, fellas. Uh, oh, good evening, madam. Want to hear something interesting? Huh? Pally has just had some tough luck, didn't he? Right. Well, yes, but... I can know where's the guy what plugged him. You, you mean you know? I might. Come on along. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Just one moment. I'll get the police. Oh, no, you don't. Cops ain't cursed. Oh, but... Uh, oh, hold it, handsome. I ain't a debating society. I'm just a little lady that's trying to do you a favor because I don't like killers. Maybe I've... Stuck my neck out too far already. Follow him. Uh, oh, no, 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 wait. Uh, I, uh, I'll go with you. Oh, it's better. Um, uh, is it very far? Not especially. Uh, where do we go? Down this way, along the dark. Oh. Uh, it's, um, it's quite dark. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you learn who the fellow is? Oh, I just happened to hear some of the boys talking. Don't like the guy, so I thought I'd tickle myself by turning him in. Oh. Isn't that a boat? Yeah. What's it doing here? There's a dock, and that's a harbor, ain't it? Where'd you expect the boat to be? City Hall? No, no, that's uh, it, Joe. What? But you're the... Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm me. See this heater? Well, behave, brother, behave. Oh, boy. Can't stop the way, brother. Get her out of the trim. We got business to do. desperate game that Val and Slim are playing. A game so desperate that they murdered to avoid detection. You'll learn more about these questions in just a few moments. We left Denny being shanghaied by Val and Slim, who told Denny that they were moving into the person he believes has murdered Bulldog Drummond. They are both pulled away from the pier. It is a few minutes later. Val is speaking. Back to the barge before he gets there. 
I'll make it fast. Hey, what about handsome here? Oh, forget him. He'll keep. He's tied up beautifully. He's a handsome. Madam, as a gentleman's gentleman, there's nothing I can say which would pass a gentleman's gentleman's lips. Hey, Bell, that's double talk. Let's chill on him, don't it? All right, shake a leg and come on up on the bar. Okay, okay, I'm coming. Oh. 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 Hey, Danny, would you mind rolling over a bit? You're on my leg, you know. Okay, you Captain Devin, sir. Yes, quite. You'll follow her, if you please, Danny. Oh, that's splendid. But you're big, sir. Am I? But isn't this an abrupt way of breaking the news to me? Oh, but, sir, you, you were shot. The police are looking for your body. And I'm sorry, but they won't find it. And Captain Drummond, I confess it, sir. I simply don't know what to say. I am completely bewildered. No, but it's all quite simple. But, sir, when that horrible jet fired at I did the most sensible thing and removed myself. You see, Danny, it seems quite clear now that Slim realized it was odd no one had seen Regan leave the tanker. Therefore, to soothe our suspicions, he volunteered that holy mythical tale of his. Oh, yes, quite so, sir. But when he eavesdropped on us, he immediately discovered that he made a mistake. That we or Reagan didn't drink. So he'd have to erase his mistake by erasing me. And uh, you deliberately let him think you're dead, sir? Of course. And you're watching while we searched for you, sir. Then I was within 30 feet of you the entire time. 30 feet? Incredible, sir. When I spotted Bell and Slim, I secreted myself under this confidence. And, as you must by this time be aware, here I am. Oh, that's a point, too, isn't it? Just where are we? Well, it's become quite foggy, sir, but we do seem to be a good bit offshore. But you are diving. Good night. Oh, of course, then. I completely forgot. Yeah, turn around and I... Oh, but, sir... Sorry, I'm afraid you'll have to wait. That's a tugboat. And unless I'm greatly mistaken... Going to tie up to that barge. Right. Oh, hi, that's Tell Slim I've seen this barge coming. Never mind, that's all right. There is not time. So please call Slim to the deck house. I must return to shore. There are things that is necessary for you to know. Repeat your instructions. There must be no mistake. Captain Lister will take you to a point three miles off Reef Island, where you will drop anchor. There you will be out of the way of the harbor traffic on the shipping lanes. She will then send out the code message. Your wireless has been repaired. Sure. Good. The message consists of two words. Thick fog. Yeah. You have that? Thick fog. You will send that message for precisely two minutes. No more. No less. Then you will do in every respect exactly as you have done before, Fräulein. You will simply wait. Captain Lister has been instructed to sound his foghorn at regular intervals. That will serve as a guide. Yeah. You will be met by two submarines, both of them badly in need of the fuel carried on this barge. If you do not meet them, if they fail to receive this fuel... Goodbye, you both, huh? Yes, and also... Huh? Goodbye, Fräulein. Denny. Yes, Captain? I've been doing a little eavesdropping. Chap will be along in a moment to use this motorboat to get ashore. I'll have to leave you tied and undercover aboard the barge. They're going to take you inside the deck house. But, but they mean to kill me, Denny. Denny, we're on to bigger game than we ever dreamed of. So big that... Well, there's not time to explain now. You'll have to take my word for it. 
But trust me, will you? Of course, sir. Denny, you've got intestinal fortitude. Oh, really? Is it serious, sir? Serious. As a matter of fact, Denny, it may be the death of you. the truck goes, Handsome. I'll let the anchor go, Bill. No, stay here. I can manage. Well, Handsome, this is where you get off. Too bad you ain't got a round-trip ticket. A round-trip ticket? That's what I said, fella. Slim. Yeah? Suppose you show Handsome the way out, huh? Sure. Oh! <laughs> yeah, you bet. Goodbye, Handsome. Ain't it too bad we won't never get to know each other better? <laughs> you hear that, Joe? What an extremely coarse sense of humor. Uh-huh. She, uh, wasn't joking. What are you doing? Just getting my gun. Guess why, Joe. I, uh... Okay. Uh, on your feet. Well, now, really, you can't... Hey, Captain Devin, careful, sir. Yes. Like that, my friend? Oh, beautifully done, sir. That you told him for a bit, Denny. Now then, we'll have to work fast. Get you out of these ropes first. Yeah, uh, that female, sir, is talking with the captain of the tap, Denny. We'll have time, I think. Uh, Just one second now. There you are. Uh, I'm afraid I'm feeling a bit cramped, sir. Look at In what now, sir? I'm no use taking the crew. Too many for us. Let's see. Oh, this is what I'm after. Oh, that's still wireless, sir. Yes, I know. It'll take a moment to warm up, I imagine. Let's have a practice go at it, eh? Kind of rusty at this. You you intend to get a message through to the proper authorities, sir? Right, Denny. Keep a look at it, that forward porthole, will you? Of course, sir. See our hostess? Well, not a sign of us, sir. Maybe you ain't looking in the right direction. Oh, my uh, word. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, don't touch that gun. I'm nuts about loud, loud noises. Might pull this trigger just to hear it go bang, bang. Never mind, Benny. Good evening, Bill. Kind of cool, ain't you? You must be the gent Slim claimed he plugged. Ah, oh, that's Slim there on the floor? Yeah. Well, that's what he gets for taking too much for granted. Carter had it coming. Yes, Bill, I think he did. Just getting ready to use the wireless, huh? Okay, that's fine. Send out a message for me. Thick fog. Just them two words. You know how to spell them? I might manage. Any objection? Under the circumstances, no. Wouldn't be healthy to send anything but what I told you. Really? What's to prevent? A bullet in the stomach. Oh. You see, I can't be tricked, pal. I can work that gadget as good as you can. Bill, you're a most remarkable woman. Yeah? And likely to come to a most remarkable end. Now, uh, what was that message? Two words, wasn't it? Ah, yes. Dick Park. Uh, hey. Looks like our friend Slim is coming around, Bill. Now, come in. It's hey, Slim. Slim. Snap out of it. Well, how do I get out of here on deck? I brought you out so you could get a little iron. Oh. Hey, you're the guy that slugged me. I'll let you're you... a lot of salt, aren't you, sir? Oh, oh sit you... down. Loving on your pins like a kid. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel so good. Say, how come these guys ain't been bumped off yet? Simply that Belle's got a soft place in her heart for you, Sam. Huh? You see, she thought it would be a rather nice gesture if she waited until you could manage the uh, killing yourself. You know how women are, sentimentalists. A wise guy, huh? Oh, and uh, while we're waiting for your submersible friends, uh... Oh, yes, where are they, I wonder? And be along. Don't let it worry you. What was you going to say? Well, several questions have been puzzling me a little. 
Tim Regan, for instance. You killed him, didn't you, Slim? Why should I tell you anything, Joe? Well, after all, neither Denny or I are likely to repeat it, are we? <laughs> ah, I guess you ain't. Yeah, I knocked him off. What about it? And smuggled his body into that alley behind the tavern? That's right. But why? He couldn't have discovered you stealing all by any chance, could he? You couldn't have been tapping the pipeline from that tanker to the dock. Say, Captain Lister's cut the foghorn. Must have sighted something. Wait a second. Yeah, it's them, Sam. Sam? The submarines? Yeah. Over there on the left. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, there they are. Well, I'll rig up the pumps. Hey, hey, Bell. What's that? What? Here, here, over this way. It, it, it's a destroyer. A destroyer. Destroyer? Right over your boat. Straight over. They can't stop. They're running us down. I know you don't. I'll tell you, will you? Let's go. You want to force the down? Let's go. <laughs> Smashing climax of our mystery in just a moment. Folks, let me. Thrown from the barge into the water by the impact of the destroyer that came nighting through the fog, Bulldog Drummond found himself struggling for his life with a man driven out of his mind by rage and fear. Fool, let's go. You tell us, I tell you. You Well, I, uh, yes, yes, I 
is, I think, in this case, we might make an exception. It's to a Mrs. Timothy Regan at 816 Water Street. Yes. So on, direct the third pin to that the bottom of the Atlantic. And come in there. Mm-hmm. You spell that M-A-Z-I. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. You know, friends, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is... Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting. Fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. This is Don Wilson. Friends, there's no question you smoke for enjoyment. The enjoyment you get from the taste of a cigarette. Sure, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Lucky's taste better. Yes, Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. And there are two very good reasons why. First, as everyone in America knows, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Light, naturally mild, good-tasting tobacco. Second... Luckies are made better. They're round, firm, fully packed, so they'll draw freely and smoke evenly. Fine tobacco in a better-made cigarette just naturally adds up to better taste. Remember, smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste, and the fact of the matter is, Luckies taste better. So be happy. Go lucky. Ask for a carton of Lucky Strike and find out for yourself that Luckies really do taste better. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, today is September 20th, and since tomorrow is the first day of fall, I just barely have time to bring you the last rose of summer, Jack Benny! (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, if I may be so bold as to criticize your facetious introduction... I should like to point out that there's nothing funny about calling a 38-year-old man the last rose of summer. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jack. Hold it, hold it. Now, let's get this straight. Did you say you were 38? Yes. And last year, last year you insisted you were 39. That's right. Well, then how can you be 38? Some fool hadn't frightened him, I'd have been 37. (laughs) Now, let's get on with the program because we have a very important sketch to do. Did you rehearse your part, Mary? Mary, I'm talking to you. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. I was just reading this special delivery letter I got from Mama. Oh, another letter from your mother, huh? Uh-huh. Well, what does the white witch doctor of Plainfield <laughs> have to say? <laughs> oh, wait. Wait, and I'll read it to you. Okay. <clears throat> My darling daughter, Mary. Mm-hmm. I haven't written in a long time, 
And this letter will contain both good news and bad news. Mm. Last week, we heard Jack's first radio program of the season. Now for the good news. (laughs) (laughs) Papa finally bought us a television set. Well, they've got a television set. <laughs> Sunday night, we sat and watched Jack's television show. I liked it, but Papa seemed quite bored until Marilyn Monroe appeared. The repairman charged us $11 to get Papa's head out of the screen. <laughs> now for some news about your sister, Babe. Oh, boy, this is the part I like. A babe went to Atlantic City for the bathing beauty contest. No kidding. She entered again this year as Miss Coal Miner. <laughs> no. I guess they always pick her because she looks so much like John L. Lewis. <laughs> Poor babe. She has to pay a hairdresser ten bucks for her eyebrows alone, you know. <laughs> no other news, so we're close now. Your loving mother, Jaja. <laughs> you know, Mary... You know, Mary, sometimes, sometimes I... Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, the song I'm going to sing today Wait is a minute. A... <laughs> Wait a minute, Dennis. You just came in. Why are you in such a hurry to sing your song? I've got to rush over to the hospital, have my appendix taken out. Gosh, that... Wait, Dennis, didn't you have your appendix taken out last year? Uh-huh. Well, why do you want them to operate again? I joined the Blue Cross and I want to get my money's worth. <laughs> Look, kid, if you've had your appendix taken out once, you can't have it taken out again. Are you sure? Well, of course I'm sure. Well, can't they open me up and rummage around a little? (laughs) Oh, stop, and don't argue with me anymore. After all, I know more about appendectomies than you do. At rehearsal, you couldn't even pronounce it. <laughs> Look, chiss, sweet. Be quiet, will you? <laughs> Let's talk to Sarge. Oh, what is it, guy says? Mr. Benny's line is flashing. Yeah, I wonder what gentlemen prefer money wants now. <laughs> I'll plug in and find out. Yes, Mr. Benny. Yes, sir, I'll climb right away. Gosh, Mabel. Ain't it awful getting back to work after a vacation? Yeah. Say, Gertrude, uh, where did you go this summer? Yeah, no place particular. Once, though, I went deep sea fishing. It was awful. I was never so insulted in all my life. Well, why? What happened? When we got back to the dock, some smart aleck hung me up by my feet and had his picture taken. must have been out on that boat a long time. You sure got sunburned. Why, am I still peeling? Yeah. Let's hope what's underneath looks better. <laughs> sing my song now. Dennis, can't you sing a little later? No. Why not? I've already taken the anesthetic. I may be asleep by then. <laughs> now, cut that out. Just sing your song and stop with that silly talk about anesthetics and your appendix. Yes, sir. Oh, oh hold it a second. Hold it. Just a minute, Dennis. Mary... I meant to tell you, I saw the latest copy of the Woman's Home Companion, and there's a swell picture of you on the cover. Well, thanks, Don. The song I'm going to sing is... Wait a minute, Dennis. Don, for your information, my picture's on that cover, too. Oh, I know it is, Jack, and I want to ask you something. Why in the world would they use your picture on a woman's magazine? Have you ever seen him walk? (laughs) Shall I sing now? Yeah, sing, sing. (laughs) 
It's a sad thing to realize That you've a heart that never melts When we kiss do you close your eyes Pretending that I'm someone else You must break the spell This cloud that I'm under So please won't you tell Darling, where is your heart? It's a sad thing to realize You've a heart that never melts When we kiss, do you close your eyes Pretending that I'm someone else You must break the spell This cloud that I'm under So please won't you tell Dennis, that was beautiful. You know, every season I think that your voice is so perfect it can't improve. And then the opening of the next season, you surprise me by being better than ever. You really have a wonderful voice, Dennis. You should be proud. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Somebody take him out of here and wake him up. Oh, I will, Jack. Thanks. Be sure to come back, because both, you both have parts in our sketch tonight. Uh, Jack, what's the sketch about? Well, Mary, tonight we're going to do our version of that new Technicolor saga of the South Seas, Return to Paradise, which starred Gary Cooper. And I guess you'll play the lead. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I felt that since I had been to the South Pacific, it would give me a good reason to do the picture. He's see? right, Mary, and it'll be a natural for me, too. Oh, hello, Bob. Hi, Jack. He's... You know, Mary, uh, I was in Hawaii this summer the same time that Jack was. I know, Bob. In fact, the other day I met your wife and she showed me pictures of you riding a surfboard. Yeah, I really went in for that surfboard in a big way. Gosh, it looks awfully hard. Well, it is. But I practiced balancing myself and before I left, I was able to go out into the ocean, get on the board and come all the way into shore standing up. Well, that's more than your musicians can do right here in the studio. <laughs> Believe me. Huh? Now, you look, Jack. I told you last week the boys don't like you always picking on them. Oh, these boys don't. No, and I'm warning you. If you say anything tonight about Remley, he's going to sock you. <laughs> That's what his psychiatrist told him to do. <laughs> Wait a minute. R Remley is going to a psychiatrist? Why, he goes every day and he's psychoanalyzed for hours. Just the three of them locked in a room. The three of them? Yeah, the psychiatrist, Frankie, and that little green man on his shoulder. <laughs> oh, you mean Clyde. <laughs> oh, he's cute. Yeah. Anyway, the psychiatrist explained that there really isn't any little man there. Remley just thinks so because he drinks so much. Well, do you think the psychiatrist will cure him from drinking? Well, he didn't get to Frankie. He's still working on Clyde. <laughs> I didn't know Clyde drank. <laughs> anyway, Bob, 
That's what's wrong with your boys. That's all they think about. They never pay any attention to their music. Oh, not all of them, Jack. You take Bagby, the piano player, for instance. Now, he's not like that a bit. He's very serious about his music, and he studies all he can. Oh, he does, huh? Well, let me show you something. Hey, Bagby. Yeah? Come here a minute, will you? He studies music. He knows all about music, everything, yeah? Charlie, I'd like to ask you a few questions about music. Now, how many pedals are there on your piano? Three. Mm-hmm, right. What are these three pedals for? Water, soda, and ginger ale. <laughs> Water, soda, and ginger ale? The electric guitar makes ice cubes. <laughs> you can sit down again, Maggie. What a bunch of guys. They didn't have this program. They all starved to death. Don't you be so sure. Why, a couple of weeks ago, Remley made an appearance on the Ralph Edwards show, This Is Your Life. And they dramatized Remley's life? No, Clyde's. <laughs> Bob. Look, I'd love to continue this intellectual discussion. But we got to get on with the show. Don, set the scene for the sketch. Uh, Don is out in the hall with Dennis. Oh, for heaven. Is Dennis still asleep? Uh-huh. What's he sleeping on? Don. <laughs> Well, look, I'll set the scene myself. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we will present our version of that current United Artists release, Return to Paradise. And in this sketch, I will play the part of... Hmm. Hello? Hello, Mr. Barry, this is Rochester. Rochester, I tried to call you back. What did you want? The insurance adjuster was over to see you about that accident in the Maxwell. Oh, yes, yes, that accident to my car. Did he ask you any questions? Yes, sir. First he asked if you were a reckless driver, and I said no. Good. Then he asked if you were on the right side of the street when the accident happened, and I said yes. Uh-huh. Then he asked me if you were exceeding the speed limit. What did you say? Nothing. We both laughed and went on to the next question. <laughs> What was the next question? Uh, what was... <laughs> what was the next question the insurance man asked you? You want to know how come you turned left after you signaled for a right turn? Did you explain that to him? Uh-huh. I told him when you ain't got a steering wheel, you've got to depend on the wind. <laughs> well, certainly. Did you describe the accident to the adjuster? Yes, sir. I told him that as soon as you start to turn the wrong way, you jammed on your brakes and stopped. And that's when the man hit your car and turned it over. And it was all his fault. That's right. He had no business jaywalking. <laughs> you said it. Is the adjuster still there? Oh, no, sir, Mr. Benny. He left. Well, I got to get on with the program. Goodbye, Rochester. Goodbye. All right, Don, set the scene for our sketch. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we present our version of the Technicolor Saga of the South Seas, Return to Paradise. Our story starts 25 years ago on the island of Matareba, a tiny spot of land seemingly lost in the vast expanse of the Pacific, peaceful in appearance, lush with tropical undergrowth.
Getty. They just landed on the island of Matarena after 14 continuous days of rowing. I was hungry, but that didn't worry me because I knew these tropical islands abounded in papayas. I never could figure out why there were so many papayas because I never saw any mamayas. <laughs> anyway, as I was walking along the beach, a native came up to me and said, Aloha! Aloha. Me chief of island. Oh, for a minute, me thought you was island. <laughs> the chief said he would talk to his tribe to see if I could stay. He took me away and put me in a little grass shack. For three days, I did nothing but sit in my little grass shack and watch the Huma Huma Nuka Nuka Apuwaha go swimming by. <laughs> Then they told me I could stay, and in my honor, they would have a feast that night. I was just getting ready to leave my shack when she walked She was wearing some kind of native garment that fitted her like a glove. I looked again. It was a glove. Then she smiled at me and said, Me chief's daughter. Me come to take you to Luau. Good. But tell me... Just what is a luau? It is native feast with bananas, berries, pineapple, coconuts, roast pig, steamed fish, and cimarron rolls. God. Then, when everybody is full, we bow and give thanks to Great White Father. Who is Great White Father? Eisenhower. We still on lend As we walked to the luau, she told me her name was Maeva. Maeva was beautiful. Not as beautiful as Sinatra's Ava. <laughs> After the feast, they passed around a bowl of their native drink from which all the warriors drank. The man sitting next to me handed to me, saying, Here, you drink. What's in it? Okula, Maluna, Opanuinui. What does that mean in English? Manashevavavitz wine. <laughs> progressed, and soon the music started. <laughs> the, music, the music was beautiful, and Bagby was playing the piano, <laughs> using the third pedal. <laughs> Then four warriors came out and sang one of their war chants. Lucky strike, a rainy lot of people go one we like. Do we do a firm and fully packed, mighty free and easy on the draw. 
cooled by the balmy breezes. Ah, shut up! <laughs> but, sir, you no can marry my Eva. Wait a minute. Why are you so harsh? Why don't you allow the natives to enjoy themselves? If me no have fun, no one have fun. Why can't you have any fun? My appendix is killing me. <laughs> well, look, Master, I love my Eva, and I want to marry her. Okay, me talk him over with my advisor. Malihini inui paupelikia kini popopake mane o Darton. Nui nui paui akanoa bara opahuka pau. Who's that? Clyde. <laughs> they held another consultation and sent me away from the island. They cast me adrift. As the current began to carry me away, I looked back at the distant shore, and there standing on the beach was my Ava. I was many miles away, but I could still see her because she was standing on her 200 copies of the Woman's Home Companion. <laughs> that is my story, but it is not complete. For someday I shall return to paradise. Jack will be back in just a minute, but first, a word to cigarette smokers. Lucky tastes better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky tastes better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. For lucky strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting, fine tobacco. Lucky tastes better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky strike! Lucky strike! This is Don Wilson, friends. There's no doubt about it. Smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is, Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Now, freshness is particularly important. For if a cigarette isn't truly fresh, it can't possibly give you the enjoyment it should. That's why every pack of Lucky's is extra tightly sealed. To bring you Lucky's better taste in all its natural freshness. Yes, Lucky's do taste better because first, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Then two, Lucky's taste better because they're made better. Made round and firm and fully packed to draw freely and smoke evenly. So friends, smoke the cigarette that has better taste when it's made and then brings you all that better taste in a fresh cigarette. Yes, be happy. Go Lucky. Ask for a carton of Lucky Strike and find out for yourself that Luckies really do taste better. Be happy, go lucky, get better taste today. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my second radio program of the season. We'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time and every Sunday after that until June 6th. Oh boy, here it is vacation again. <laughs> Good night, folks. Jack Benny Shaw was written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Tackerberry, Hal Goldman, and Al Gordon, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Be sure to hear The American Way with Horace Height for Lucky Strike every Thursday over this same station. Consult your newspaper for the time. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes.
This is the CBS Radio Network. And KNX Los Angeles.